I've read in, in uh, books in the past, tour guide books, I believe, and you, you could uh, allude to this or, or expand on this a little bit better than I can, but there was, was a cleric back, I believe, in the 1930s that made it clear that, that the Temple Mount in Jerusalem belonged to the Jews, and really the Muslims didn't even care about the Temple Mount from what I've read until 1967 when the Jews it took it over in the in the Six Day War. Are those things correct? Totally correct. Uh, we have a, uh, I think it's a travel brochure put out by the Muslim Council in 1929. So you're talking, where they actually explain where the temple was and built by Solomon. Now again, Solomon is a prophet according to the Muslim religion. But again, in the war that we keep on talking about, the truth is less important. The agenda is more important. So the best thing for the Muslims right now is disassociate the Temple Mount from the Jewish background. And that way you can kind of wave the Temple Mount flag as something that is totally Muslim. And you can use that to butt the, the Israeli control and the Israeli jurisdiction over the Temple Mount itself. So in 1929, they put the Temple on the Temple Mount. Was, do you know where they put it on the Temple Mount? Well, as far as we know, everything that we know, and again, there's, I got to be careful because there's a lot of people with PhDs have different <laughs> theories about what I'm going to say. But basically, we believe that the Temple stood on a piece of Mount Moriah that actually, on the bedrock, the Holy of Holies, according to the Bible, did not have a floor. So the bedrock of Mount Moriah. Uh, if you walk into the Dome of the Rock today, you're going to find yourself facing a piece of stone sticking up from Mount Moriah. That's why it's called the Dome of the Rock. And that's why most people believe that that piece of bedrock is the same place where the temple actually stood. That being said, I got to be careful because, again, there's people who believe that the temple might have been a little bit to the north. There are people who believe there might have been a little bit to the south. And I've actually heard people who believe the temple was somewhere else. But on the whole, okay, Everything that most of the scholars believe is where you see the Golden Dome in the middle of the temple platform today is where the temple used yeah. to stand. Can you imagine what would happen if, if the Dome of the Rock was removed? I could only imagine. I don't want you to comment on it. Well, I can comment. I, I can make a very quick comment on that one. Okay, World War III. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's what I would see coming. Yep. It would be, it would be a very uh, unglorious thing to watch happen. With that, speaking of war, you've, you fought in wars, Lebanon War. Um, I can't, was it a 2006 or was previous to that? No, no, previous, in 1982, yeah, 19, first 1982. Lebanese war. And you, were, you fought, and uh, for civilians like myself, I think, when I understand Bible prophecy, I'm thinking, okay, Israel, God's chosen people, God's chosen land, I know how the Bible unfolds, both Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, so I know that Israel's going to progress. I know that Israel's going to stand in the last days. I know it will, no matter what comes against it. However, it's, there's still war that's real, and there are people that die on both sides. You've been involved in battles like that. Uh, uh, totally, and, and maybe this is a good place to say, um, when you come to a tour to Israel, uh, or, or when you start studying, you come to realize that it's not the History Channel, mm -hmm. and it's not a documentary. And one of the reasons I'm here in the United States is to tell people who we are as a people and to try to bring down the story that we're dealing with. And it's an amazing story from the documentary level to the real life level. And everybody says, yeah, Israel goes and fights wars. Israel does this. Israel does that. And I've been there. I know what it's like. We're on the ground. 
And, you know, Israel's got this great army, and, you know, they can wipe the Arabs off the map. And let's put it this way. War is not fun. And my war was, like you said, the 1982 war. But maybe one small experience to kind of explain what it's really about. And again, um, your veterans, your people who, who fight in your armed forces probably can relate to what I'm talking about, but it doesn't make it through to the media the way it should. And that is war comes at a terrible price, no matter who wins or who loses. I was in Lebanon. I was 18 years old, I think, little baby tank commander. And we were fighting in the Baqa Valley, and I took out my first Syrian target. And I still remember um, the contrast between the way I reacted immediately after. When I say take out a target, meaning you fire around into a Syrian tank and the tank explodes, which means everybody in that vehicle has died immediately. And I was jumping up and down. I was kind of happy. I mean, I'm 18 years old. I'm a, you know, a kid, and all my life had been leading to that point. My gunner, on the other hand, reacted in a completely different way. He went into shell shock because he realized, internalized, that he had killed four people. Uh, it took me a couple of days to realize that what he felt was much more accurate than what I had felt. And I'm not going to go into the details because war, and, and you've seen it in the movies, but driving by another Syrian vehicle that was taken out, I realized that I had participating in killing four people. And it freaked me out. I thought I was the scum of the earth. Not because I did anything wrong, but because I had enjoyed it. And anybody who knows anything about warfare knows that when you kill somebody, you put a scratch on your soul. I can stand here on TV and talk about it because I've learned how to deal with it. But that is a scar that has healed but will never disappear. What I'm trying to say is this. There's no glory. There's no fun. It's not amazing. Battle is terrible. Killing people is terrible. We don't want to do it. We have to do it because if we don't, if we lay down our weapons tomorrow, Israel will cease to exist. Mm -hmm. But I need to defend my country, my family, my people, and I will do that. But I don't enjoy doing that. And if there's anything I can convey to your viewers is that we Israelis, with the great army that we are and everything, do not want to have to go to war. And again, I'm going to say something that I've said before. If there's anything that I would want more than anything, is for the biblical prophecy to be fulfilled and for peace to come to the Middle East. Now, I'm not a prophet. I don't know how. Prince of Peace, and you probably know a lot more about the sequence of events that's going to lead up to there. But we need to find peace more than anything else. Yeah. In fact, David, speaking of war, what's going to lead up to the fulfillment of the um, messianic age, the millennial kingdom, when the Messiah is ruling and reigning from Jerusalem is very ugly. The war is going to get worse, and it's going to be most unpleasant. And that's, that's one of the most disheartening things, because I do teach a lot of Bible prophecy. I speak at conferences, and there's an excitement as we see things developing. We know that the Messiah is going to be here uh, soon. However, the, the problem is what Israel is going to go through, what the Jewish people are going to go through. I know that side of it, too because I've read ahead. I have the Bible. God declares the end from the beginning. And not just Israel and the Jews, there's also what's going to be happening to the rest of the world. It's a time when God judges the world for sin, and it's also the time when He redeems His people. But when He redeems His people, it's, it's, it's not going to be pretty. So I think of the wars that are, uh, that are going to come, but I also think of Israel currently surrounded by their enemies, 
The UN is against Israel. Almost all nations, it seems, are against Israel. The United States is currently stands up for Israel, but we don't know how long that's going to go. I do know that even America is going to turn against Israel because Zechariah the prophet said Israel will stand alone. And the reason why is because God wants all the glory when he saves his people. So I, I, I get that. However, I'm watching it. So right now in Israel, you've got to protect yourselves. All men and women, you hit 18, you are in the IDF. But um, it's, you, you have such things as um, the BDS, the Boycott, Divest, and Sanction uh, movement against Israel, products made in Israel, and try to affect the economy of Israel. However, Israel's economy is still growing, isn't it? Oh yeah, uh, thankfully. Okay, the BDS isn't really working, but let's go. Let's kind of kind of round it up because what you're connecting to is quite a few things. First of all, yes, we're going to be in the eye of the hurricane. Mm -hmm. There's no way around it. I mean, everything you see leading up to this says that we're in the eye of the hurricane. And again, the hurricane is picking up speed. The Middle East is starting to swirl and starting to turn, and it's getting a little bit more complicated. Look at what's going on in Syria. We have a very interesting connection between the Syrian regime, the Hezbollah, which is a, a terrorist organization, the Iranians, and to make it all nice and, and, and cozy, the Russians are giving them all air support to make sure that it's all happening. We see what's going on in the rest of the Middle East. It's getting worse as we speak. We are going to be in the middle. And sometimes people in the United States talk about prophecy. They forget that there's people on the ground. Mm -hmm. There's people actually doing that. The other part of this is that the battle is changing realms, if you want to put it this way. The the physical battle for the physical existence of Israel. Growing up when I was a kid, we were literally afraid of being washed into the sea. We were afraid of losing a battle against the Arab world and everything would be gone. I think there's less of that kind of fear, but there's another kind of fear going on and we see the world turning against us. This country who is trying its best to get along with its neighbors in a very bad neighborhood is being ostracized by the rest of the world because of who we are and we are being blamed of things that are not true and everybody knows that they're not true but the blame is still coming on we're saying wait a minute why are people correlating and, and blaming us in this way and then they start a movement also to disenfranchise Israeli products, Israeli technologies, which has nothing to do with the whole thing. But again, this is this whole feeling of the world is turning against us mm -hmm. and in all the different ways that we see. And one of the reasons I'm here is to see if I cannot remind at least some of the Americans who we are, what we are. Don't believe everything that you hear on the news and start checking out what's going on. Mm -hmm.